Welcome to the Queer Confidence Podcast, the podcast to help you become your most confident queer self. I'm your host, he, she, they, Coach Alex Ray, and I haven't always been this confident. In fact, I used to be super insecure. And through this show, I want to share with you what's worked for me, my clients, and my guests so that you can become more confident. Hey, unicorns, welcome to episode 24 being human. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about all the most human things. And the reason I really wanted to bring this up is because what I have been seeing in myself, in my clients, in people in the world, on Instagram, has been just this sort of stepping away from being human and really trying to be these perfectly put together robots. And I'm so tired of it. I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of being it. I'm tired of of the emotional pain that it causes me when I act that way and the emotional pain I know that it's causing you when you are acting that way. So we're going to make room for the humanity. Instead of all this self-improvement, self-development shit all the time, look, I'm a life coach. I teach this stuff, but I also want to make room for all of us to be just freaking human and ourselves and like screw the self-development. Sometimes I want to just sit in bed and eat a bowl of ice cream with berries that I microwaved and made really hot, which is exactly what I did like an hour ago. (laughs) And watch shit's creak, okay? Like, it is the middle of a Friday afternoon, and that is what I decided to do with my day. Could I be working? Absolutely. Could I be going and networking? Absolutely. But you know what I'm not going to do anymore? I'm not here to beat myself up. And sometimes... It really is in our best interest to to push and to get uncomfortable and to make those steps. And also, it is often in our best interest to realize that we're freaking human. We are not robots. And sometimes we want to just lay down and like give up for a minute. <laughs> we can come back. The The only time it becomes a problem is when it's like, a chronic thing, right? When all of our time is just spent in bed and that's not what we want to be doing with our life. We want to be doing something else. But I'm fine with understanding now that, hey, I don't have to be on and improving and doing more all of the time. Sometimes I want to just relax. And I know in those times of relaxing that I'm not accomplishing anything. What? (laughs) For many of us, that's very hard, right? We're so used to accomplishing to earn But we don't need to do that. And quite often, the thing that's most in service to our whole human self is to, like, know that we're taking a break, to take a break, and be with it. And I had some stuff happen recently. Sorry, this is going to be all over the place today, okay? So just, you know, chat with me. We're hanging out. This happened recently to me where I realized that since the beginning of the year, I've been pressing so hard to um, accomplish things within my business that I, 
I've been taking a step back, but at the same time, <laughs> I was still pressing in a way that um, w- allowed no room for relaxation. That's the word I'm looking for. Like I not, I was not relaxing because even if I was technically sitting down and relaxing, I was thinking about other things that I could be doing and wishing that I was in a different place than I was. And what I mean by that is like having more income than I have or helping more people than I'm currently helping or I don't know, like getting onto a podcast show or having a specific guest. Like it was always like, I want this more. I want something more than what I have. And so I was not enjoying a lot of where I am. And I know that we do this as a society too. We're constantly looking for the next thing and we're bombarded by it in advertising. Americans, we love the next, next, next thing because we think that when we have that next thing, we're going to feel better automatically. And then we get it and we've got like five seconds of bliss, right? And then it's no longer exciting for our brain anymore because it's not new. And so, Two weeks ago, I on purpose, or was it? No, it wasn't two weeks ago. It was literally last week, you all. <laughs> all of last week, I pretty much just took half days. I um, did not need to be doing anything. I was feeling very kind of tired after doing lots and lots of things in June for Pride Month. And I was like, you know what? Why don't we just have a fuck it week? Let's have a fuck it week and just sit here and do the bare minimum and nothing more and not plan and not look ahead and just like be. And the beautiful thing that came out of that was when I got back to work this week, I wanted to, I was excited for it because I wasn't using when you, when you take a step back, you allow your brain to see that you don't need to use work or any of these external things as emotional, uh, like emotional regulators, those things we outside ourselves, we often use to give ourselves an emotional high to help ourselves feel better. And that might be being around people. It might be dating. It might be, uh, building a business. It might be Netflix. It might be going on dating apps. I don't know. We use a lot of things outside of ourselves to try to regulate our emotion. And when we take a step back from trying to achieve, what I find is that I then get to remind myself in that moment, oh, wow, look how okay life is without any kind of striving for more. And I really am like happy and enjoying it. And then I get to go to work and things like that because I want to, because they're fun and I'm looking forward to it. So to re-energize, often we need to do the scariest thing, which is like step back and not do anything, even though our society tells us, oh, then we're going to lose value. We're going to not be enough. No one's going to listen to us. It's not true, my friend. Not true. So today we're making room for all of that humanity. And I want to kind of give you this illustration because I'm realizing that all of us have these three different personalities within us. And they are our adult brain, our inner child, 
and our wise soul. Now, our adult brain is the part of us that's like, okay, I should do this. I'm going to, this is what I want for my future. It's like planning, it's analyzing, it's always looking to kind of uh, search for the right way and to plan it and to make it perfect and neat and wonderful, right? We've got that adult brain. And then we have our inner child who all they want is to feel safe and heard and seen and understood. And often when we're just living with our adult brain of like, do, 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 next thing, let's, we got it, we're going to plan it, we're going to make it perfect, we, fr- we neglect this inner child that was crying out. And that's what I was doing last week was really sitting with my inner child and being like, let's hang out, buddy. What do you want to do? What do you want to feel? Let's feel all the feelings. Let's, let's like hug it out. <laughs> you don't need to do anything. You're fine. You don't need to do anything to earn my love. And then we have our wise soul. That's like, y'all are driving me nuts. <laughs> adult brain you have all the shoulds of what we what we should be doing and where you think you want to be and you're all of your planning and analyzing and inner child you're getting so emotional about all of the things and making all of the things into this big scary deal and i'm here for it y'all y'all are children both of you are fucking children I'm the, I'm the actual adult here. I'm old. I'm wise. And like, I'm here for the experience. Give it all to me. Give me all of the life experience. All of those scary emotions that you want to avoid in her child. It's okay. I actually want to be scared. Let's, let's get scared. All of the unknowns that you want to avoid and plan for adult brain. I'm here for it. I have a bigger perspective than what's here right in front of us. I'm here for it. I'm wise. I I see the bigger picture here and I'm fine with it. My friend, when we unite all three of these, I think that's when we can really have a more human experience. When we can actually enjoy this human experience a lot more. Our adult brain gets to plan and be its best freaking planning, controlling self but not without neglecting the other or, but not while neglecting the other two. That's what I'm trying to say, not neglecting them. And the inner child gets to be afraid and emotional and like want to hold back and stay exactly where we are and not push for something new and not take scary steps that are in our best interest. And they get to feel afraid and also warn us of some danger sometimes. Right? And we've got our soul that's got this big perspective that honestly doesn't care one way or another whether we sit around or not. And when we wed all three of them together, we get this beautiful experience that we call being human where things are messy, things are ugly, things are beautiful, things are creative, and we feel all sorts of different ways all of the time. So to be more human, we want to make room for the fear. 
make room for feeling bad. Make room for bad days. Make room for not having the right answer. And I want to share this lesson with you specifically about our soul that has really been on my mind recently. And that's that we are so much more than our physical experience. We're so much more than the situations that we're in right now. We're much bigger than that. And we're much bigger than our bodies. But I do believe that each of us, our soul, like chose this experience. And I know that isn't fair. And I know that I come from a privileged place as a white man in America. But I want to encourage you that your soul chose to have this experience because these are the lessons that it wants to go through. How many times do we look at at something hard and difficult that we went through and we say, yes, it was so difficult in the moment, but I actually, even though I don't want to do it again, I'm glad that I went through that. Why are we glad we went through it? We're thankful for the experience that we had because the experience allowed us to learn. We learn through experiences, not words. And our souls are just yearning for learning. Our souls are signing up for all of the experiences, all of the really terrible ones, in addition to all of the really great ones. And so what if our soul like chose this exact experience for us because it was like exactly what it wanted to explore in this lifetime? I've been looking at life through that lens for probably a few months now. And I want to tell you something has dramatically shifted in me where each thing that is hard I'm just enjoying the hardness for what it is without trying to change it and control it. Like, obviously, I want it to be different. Yes, it sucks. And I'm like, maybe I signed up for this. Also, how can I look at my past decisions that got me here? Oh, wait a minute. I chose this. I had this recently with a dating experience, (laughs) y'all. I have had this pattern of, uh, like, dating guys that are just unavailable. I love them. Love unavailable men. (laughs) It's so funny. Um, I didn't, I'm laughing at it now because I've worked through it and I'm, like, okay with it. And it is funny when I look back at it. But I'm telling you, like, it used to be so painful and so hard. And I talked about it in year, no, in therapy for years. I talked about it with friends forever. I was always having these, like, dramatic um, breakups and stuff. (laughs) And they were so painful. And I really use those a lot of like guilt tripping myself. Like what is wrong with me? 
you know, first of all, all, all of them suck. And then when I realized, okay, not all of them suck, maybe some things, you know, in me that's attracting this, then I was like, oh, it's something wrong with me. Of course, it's always something wrong with me. And then the truth of it all is, no, I'm human with, with trauma from my past that my inner child feels afraid to experience certain things and comfortable with other things. And I keep making decisions that keep getting me into the same place. I like looked back on this recent experience and was like, Oh my God, wait a minute. Anyway, I see the whole list of events. I was feeling vulnerable and feeling kind of, um, unloved and I immediately was like let's go back to the old experience and the old experience was talking to someone that was emotionally unavailable that was not going to be there that was going to tell me things like I love you while drunk not mean it and then make all sorts of plans and not follow through with them it was like empty promises and I knew I was going to get that from this person. And I went back anyway. I did, like, on purpose. Why? Oh, and then, mind you, then it was, like, all in my feelings and feeling lonely on the 4th of July and walking around, or walked myself home from the fireworks alone. Very dramatic. And listening to sad music on the edge of crying. And I was like, you know what? I needed to feel sad. I have like craved feeling sad, I think. I needed to process and get through these things. Huh. I wonder how far back this goes. And I started thinking, I was like, I designed this whole entire thing. I literally sought out somebody that I knew was going to be unavailable and make promises that they were not going to keep and to tell me things that they don't mean like i love you while drunk and then ghost me so that i could feel lonely again so that i could feel hurt so i could feel the pain again i like wanted to feel that and i walked around that night and i was like okay It's not that bad. I actually wanted to feel this. I designed this. I planned this out subconsciously. I planned it out weeks in advance. Or maybe not even weeks. It was like a week in advance. And I had all of this happen within a matter of days. Just so I could feel this emotion again. Because this emotion is familiar and it's sort of... And because it's familiar, it's sort of safe. That's okay. Got it. And now what? Well, I know now, now that I see it, it's not exactly the experience I want to be having with my life. That's, you know, not really it. But there's no guilt there either. It kind of just is what it is. That's the freedom of allowing yourself to be fully human. Like, oh my gosh, 
I created this life for myself. I did. Not out of blame, but like, oh my gosh, I needed this. My soul wanted it. I wanted to experience this thing. My inner child needed to have these things happening. My adult brain wanted to do all this planning. Like, I I did literally create this scenario for myself. Is it painful? Yeah. But I did it to myself. That's okay. <laughs> I think sometimes we try so hard to escape the pain that we forget that it's actually there as a good thing to teach us. And that brings us to like something that we have in society, right? Which is that when, when someone asks us, hi, how are you? Our response is always great. <laughs> Doing well. I'm fine. This is bullshit, right? <laughs> and what we're really doing is just sort of trying to live up to expectations and trying to be polished because for some reason we think that's better. That we think it's better to be not human. Now, someone brand new that I meet, I'm not going to like unload all of my junk to. That's not vulnerability. And that there's a key thing there. Vulnerability is being open and and allowing another to see you, but there's also a line of appropriateness. We are vulnerable in one way with a close friend, and we are vulnerable in a different way with someone that we have just met. So maybe someone that we just met, we can be honest, like, hey, thanks for asking. Actually, it's been a little bit of a rocky week, but I'm so thankful uh, for my coach that I'm working with because after talking with her, I feel a lot more settled and I'm happy to be at this event, right? Or maybe more than just, it doesn't even have to be about the negative. Sometimes it can also be, I'm doing well, actually. I just had this really fun um, experience. I went skydiving for the first time last week. It was so neat. But more than just that surface level, being vulnerable doesn't have to, doesn't, doesn't mean we unload our junk on strangers. <laughs> That's not being vulnerable. In fact, we can sometimes be using that to manipulate. So be careful about that. And just on, and also don't pressure yourself to just expose to the world things that you don't need to be sharing with them. In the context of close relationships, though, sharing the, the things that are really ugly is totally appropriate. That's healing and helpful to just be our full, authentic, vulnerable self. Um, I hope that clears things up for you around vulnerability. Because <laughs> I know that I used to feel confused of, as to, you know, should I just share all the things with strangers? No. That's, I forget what Brene Brown says. She has this wonderful phrase, but like vulnerability without boundaries is, I don't remember. Basically it's bullshit. <laughs> okay. So, um, back to society. And the reason that we feel like we have a disconnect is because we try to keep it polished and surface level. It's like, so just polished vanilla plain, there's no depth to it. And going deeper with people is actually what creates connection. 
And I think then we start doing this within ourselves, right? We start looking at ourselves and trying to find the things that we don't really like about ourselves. And we do one of two things. One, we try to clean it up and fix it. Like, oh, I have this damage from from childhood. I'm going to fix it all. It's going to be going to be better. Don't worry. I'm going to do the therapy. I'm going to do the coaching and I will never again have to deal with this. (laughs) Or we're like, okay, I understand I'm going to have that and that might be part of me forever, but I'm going to make sure that I change how I look at it. And I'm going to say it's beautiful now. It's just so beautiful. I love my trauma. I love how it, how broken I am. I just love it. <laughs> All right. The problem, my friend, with both of these is that neither one is just accepting. There are times that we want to work on healing certain things, right? Perfectly fine. And if we don't heal it all the way, are you okay with that? Are you okay with just keeping it around and knowing, hey, this is just a thing. This is maybe a trauma response I have. It's okay. And also recognizing that you don't have to like it. Right? I don't like that I do that. But I recognize that I do it. Like that thing I told you earlier about with like going and seeking out unavailable, un- like emotionally unavailable men. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why? What? Why do I do that? I don't love that I do that, but I'm also not like, oh my gosh, it's in a chokehold. I have to like fix it right now. Yeah, it's there. It's something I do. I accept it. You know what? When we accept it, it makes it so much easier to deal with. And then to also decide how we want to act around it. Right? What's the what do I want to go do now? Let's let's see adult planning brain. What how do I want to plan for this? Knowing that this is part of how I um respond often. How do I want to plan for that? I don't have to ignore it. I don't have to. I don't have to ignore it and pretend it's not there or fix it to get rid of it because part of it's always going to be with me probably. And I don't have to like it. It can just be ugly. I don't know why we have this thing about like all of our little parts are beautiful. Girl, there are parts of me that are not beautiful. There are parts of me that are ugly, especially on the inside. (laughs) I've got some ugly parts to me. But what if we just let ugly be ugly and we were okay with it? Vanilla is boring. Something kind of wonky is actually pleasing. Have you ever ever noticed that about, like, art? When there's something just, like, a little bit off, it's intriguing. It's pleasing. We, like, are curious about it. When it's just a blank canvas, it's like, okay, whatever. When it's too staged and perfected, meh, whatever. 
I also think about dogs, like Gideon, right? There are, like, coloring patterns on a dog, right? Maybe where they have a spot or something. And it's not symmetrical. And it's, like, really pleasing. Like, a good-looking dog has some... Uh, now I... Oh, asymmetrical. That's the word. Asymmetrical features. It's actually pleasing to have some things that are not pretty. It's actually wonderful to be part ugly and part beautiful. It's fine. So we don't have to lie to ourselves about that anymore. Let's just accept all the ugliness and be like, yeah, well, it's, well, it's there. Here's w- what makes me unique that I love. Things that are that are ugly and I just, I'm like, I enjoy these parts of me now. I enjoy the ugliness, right? ADHD. Y'all, I had such a hard time in school. Still do. Oh my gosh. Test taking? Forget it. I'm so bad, especially standardized testing. I've been able to, like, get through some tests by some miraculous means. I hate them. And... (laughs) I have such a hard time studying. It takes me a long, 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 long time. I get distracted so easily, like, any, anywhere, any place, conversations, whatever, you name it. I'm easily distractible. That's, like, part of the ugly part that makes my personality very interesting, and I'm all right with it. I'm loud. <laughs> Have you noticed? (laughs) I'm also a performer. I love the spotlight. I used to not want to admit that I loved it. I do. I actually love the spotlight. I'm sexually explorative. Yeah. And I used to hide that. I used to be very ashamed of it growing up in a very conservative Christian home. I used to be, like, terrified of that side of me. Not anymore into exploring. Try new kinky things. Let's do it. I'm anxious. I'm prone to anxiety. Y'all, I can't... If you see me drinking coffee now, it's like 90% of the time it's going to be decaf. It is almost never that I'm drinking caffeinated coffee anymore because my anxiety that I already have that's underlying constantly when I drink coffee um, with caffeine, if I drink anything caffeinated, then I notice that my muscles tense up and I get a really sore neck and jaw and upper back. So the, the anxiety already causes tension in our body. And when we add caffeine on top of it, it makes the tension, um, or it increases the tension. So I just don't, I don't even, (laughs) I don't drink caffeine anymore, y'all. But I love coffee, so I drink decaf because I love the flavor. (laughs) I'm also prone to depression. And, like, I have it on both sides of my family. Every direct family member that I have is or has been on depression medication in my immediate family. Right? So that's, I know that about myself. I'm also a ginger with curly hair and freckles and barely any body hair. Many things that I hated about my body as a kid. I was like, don't call me ginger. I'm not a ginger. I don't have, like, bright red hair. 
And it was, I like had the, my beard is very red, but I had this, like, I don't know. I didn't want to be different. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to stand out like that. I didn't want curly hair. All my friends had straight hair. Why did I get stuck with curly hair? Like if I don't put product in my hair, I get a fro. (laughs) It's like frizz heaven and freckles. What the hell are these spots all over my body? People used to comment on them all the time. Adults thought that they were cute. Kids thought that they were weird. I was embarrassed by them. Little nipples. I have little nipples. I think it's a gender thing. I don't know. Like, at the pool as a kid, I remember my friends teasing me about it. And then I tried to deflect onto another friend, and I feel bad. I still have that, like, image in my mind of when I deflected onto him and made some comment about his body to get the attention off of me. I have barely any body hair. I don't know. I think that's, like, maybe a gender thing. I'm not sure. But, like, maybe it's not. I don't I guess not. But whatever. Genetic, right? I've been so attracted to men with, like, big, hairy chests. I don't have that. I'm, like, fairly flat-chested and pretty smooth. And it's, like, not what I'm attracted to. And not what my definition of, like, oh, beauty, I love it, turns me on. So, again, there's examples of things that have been, like, oh, they were ugly. Some of them I've changed my opinion on. Like, I love my curly hair. I love it. Barely any body hair, right? Eh, I don't really like that, but but I'm okay with it. It's that, like, quote, ugly part of me that I love. I, like, in, I love, and when I say love, I mean that I have embraced. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with this. And ugly and beautiful is also just a, an option. It's a choice, y'all. <laughs> Want you to know that that it's like nothing is actually defined as ugly or beautiful. It's our brains that define it that way. Our mind defines ugly and beautiful, not not anything else. So it's not a fact that something is beautiful or ugly. Not really. And the interesting thing that I've noticed too is that the more that I see my body or my quirks, my uniqueness as okay, the more I see others that way too. And it's such a beautiful thing too as a coach. It's very helpful because people come all the time and they're like, I have this big problem. And they tell me, I'm like, okay, well, what do you want to do about it? I don't approach anyone to fix them anymore. I don't approach anyone to try to change them. In dating, it's like, okay, well, I don't know. Do you like it? Do you want it to be different? I'm not going to assume anymore. I don't know. Maybe they like that they have that behavior that I personally find very obnoxious, but like, that doesn't matter. The more that you're okay with you being fully human, the more you're going to be okay with everyone else being fully human. And the less that it's going to bother you when people do things that like, yeah, oh my gosh, that's annoying and that's terrible. Why did they do that? But also... They're human. Of course, they did something annoying and terrible. No problem. It's like way less stressful. Here's the other thing I've noticed about myself that that's interesting. Something else unique. Lots of feminine energy. I have lots of feminine energy, you all. Which is great because I do a lot of thinking and feeling. But there also is a shadow side to that. I can be very manipulative. Oh my gosh, so manipulative. 
like very emotionally manipulative. And that was something that I learned as a child. It was to be you know, to feel safe. And I've been emotionally manipulative in relationships. One time I turned, I was, it was kind of going out with this guy and I hadn't committed to, um, I hadn't committed yet to embracing my sexuality because I was still kind of wrestling with, was I going to go to hell if I was gay? So I kind of wanted to be on the edge. I'm like, yeah, I'll go out with you, but I'm not going to call you my boyfriend so that if I die, it can be like, oops, God, I'm, I was, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. It wasn't official because we weren't officially boyfriends or we weren't married. Can it not count? Can I still come into heaven? <laughs> Okay, so this one time this guy started telling calling me babe, and it annoyed me so much. I'm like, I'm not your babe. Don't call me that. I'm not your boyfriend. We're just kind of going out. And um, so I had this emotional panic because of it. it. This is not funny, right? I actually was like having a trauma response and really just shut down. And... I turned off my phone for, I don't remember if it was 24 hours or 48 hours, but it was a, it was a significant amount of time. I shut it off so that no one could contact me. And he was so worried that he contacted all of my friends and, um, I was like, is he okay? Have you heard from him? What's going on? Like, (laughs) and then when I was ready, I turned it back on and then I met up with him and he was crying when I met with him and he, we met up at a bar and, um, he was like crying and telling me how worried he was about me. And you know what? Then I was okay with being with him again. You know why? Because I had control. I felt out of control when he kept kind of pushing this relationship thing on me. And I didn't want to be decisive about it. And then I regained control because I knew at any moment, if I rejected him, it would hurt him. And he would kind of come back to me and want to, well, he would be easy to kind of puppeteer in that way. I could emotionally manipulate him to stay in control of the relationship. Yeah. That's not that's not great. That's real. That's some real ugly feminine energy at work right there. And I've got it. I know how to do it. And now that I'm aware of that, I don't want to harm people with how I use that. And so I'm very aware of it now. I don't have to shame myself about it. I don't have to hate myself or try to get rid of it. I'm just aware of it. And I know that that's a tendency that I can have. And now I'm aware when I start feeling afraid of something like, oh, wait a minute, hold on. Am I doing something that's kind of emotionally manipulative? Am I being dishonest in a way? Let's let's not do that. Let's not harm the other person. I just, I don't want to have that effect on someone. It's not how I want to show up anymore. My friend, what makes you unique? What makes you quirky? What makes you weird? Embrace it. It's part of you being human. It really is. All right, I want to finish with two funny stories. 
Um, the first one is, I want to give you more details on that pool party I told you about in the last episode, because I listened back to it and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where were all the details? That was the most boring way to tell that story. Okay, here's the real story. (laughs) I met someone on Hinge like a year ago. Really nice guy, or seemed like a really nice guy. We chatted for a little bit, right? And then we connected on Instagram and we followed each other now for about a year. Um, plus or minus, I have no idea. Don't remember. Anyway, we've chatted a little here and there. No, honestly, it never really got all that flirtatious. Although he is like a beautiful man and seems like a wonderful, wonderful soul, right? But I've never met him in person, I and mean, we've never actually had like a full, not even a FaceTime conversation. Um, and I don't remember what happened, but before the Fourth of July. Um, some t- so sometime like a little over a week ago, I had reached out and just said, Hey, I think I had noticed one of his stories and he asked if I had any plans for the weekend. I said no. And so he invited me to this pool party, which was on July 3rd. Um, so the Saturday before 4th of July. And I was like, great. So I go to this pool party. Okay. So here's the picture, right? I'm showing it up, up, up a pool party. That's an hour drive from my house in DC hosted by people I do not know. I don't even know. Like, I wasn't invited to the party. He just told me I could come. (laughs) Um, I show up at this party with 40-plus gay men who are drinking and doing some drugs, and I don't know anyone. He's not there, and I'm texting him. I'm like, where are you? (laughs) He's like, I'm on my way. And he didn't show up for two whole hours. (laughs) So there's the, like, actual more vivid picture of what was going on at that party, okay? So I'm walking around dead sober (laughs) at a pool party with a bunch of gay men who are drunk and high. (laughs) And I don't know anyone. But I stick by everything that I said about belonging because you know what? (laughs) <laughs> me of three years ago would have been like, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming and I don't belong here. And what am I doing? And I would have wanted to stay in a corner. I didn't do that. I was like out talking with people and there was a different feeling. There's a tremendously different feeling. And that feeling was belonging. And that's because I know how to belong in me. And so I belong wherever I go my friends. I didn't used to do that. So I know that if it's possible for me, it's absolutely possible for you. And did I feel nervous? Absolutely. Did I feel a little awkward? Absolutely. Did I walk into this place and go, oh shit, what have I done? What am I doing? Absolutely. (laughs) I'm not a, I'm not a robot. I'm totally fully human. I don't want you to think that the goal of any of this work or when, you, when you're listening to me or any other podcast or book or whatever, the goal is not to become a robot. That's the whole point of today's episode. The point is, yeah, I felt nervous. Yeah, I felt scared. Yeah, I felt like an outsider. Yeah, I felt like a little bit alone. Like, I don't know anyone here. And I was like, I know how to be here. I know how to belong. It's all right. I'm okay. I'm welcoming all of the discomfort right now. So there's the full actual funny story of 
<laughs> of the pool party and what it means to belong. Belonging is not just feeling great. Belonging is a feeling that allows for I belong and also I might feel nervous and uncomfortable. You're not a robot. You're a whole human. Let's be a whole damn human. Let's make room for all of the emotions that we have in our life because no emotion is wrong. And let's just embrace the weird, quirky beings that we are. What if we just decided, oh yeah, this thing about me, it's kind of ugly. I don't really like it and I'm totally fine with it. How much more of a complete, wonderful human experience would you have with that approach instead of trying to become that perfect robot that either fixes it all or just loves and embraces it all? Maybe there are things, my friend, right now that you're avoiding about yourself that you're not leaning into. And I can tell you with 100% certainty that you will feel more freedom, more relaxation, more calm, more confidence when you just decide that it is what it is, that you are okay with it, that it's not a problem that needs to be fixed or even something ugly that needs to be made beautiful. It can be a flaw and the flaw is part of what makes the painting pleasing and attractive. Let's let ugly be ugly and enjoy that. Let's let you be you, your whole self, and enjoy doing that. Let's welcome all of the feelings and enjoy doing that. Let's let our adult brain do all of its planning that we know is never going to be perfect and work out. It's just a lot of overanalyzing. Let's let our inner child be freaking out and throwing a temper tantrum. It's all right. It's what it does. Let's let our soul know that there's so much more for us than what's right here and be totally fine watching the shit show go down. <laughs> Let's be here for all of it. Let's be full humans. Let's embrace this experience, my friend. That is what's going to unlock an entirely new way of relating to the world, your existence, and you. Be more human. I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with a friend so they too can become more confident. You can also help more people find the show by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen. And if you want to become a more confident queer with support from yours truly, head to coachalexray.com or use the link down in the show notes. I'm looking forward to working with you. 